I'm Holly Houghton. I'm Michelle Reyes. And I'm Noreen Noble. The three of us are certified life coaches and members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we all love people and we love helping others. So we decided to bring our coaching knowledge about intentional thought, along with our love and knowledge of Jesus Christ and his teachings, to create a podcast where we can explore how all this can fit together. We hope that with you, we can become more mindful and learn to find joy in any circumstance. And ultimately, strengthen our faith in Jesus Christ in every thought. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our In Every Thought podcast. We are so happy to be with you this beautiful Easter morning. How wonderful it is that we can come and share with you some thoughts this morning that we hope will help build your faith in Jesus Christ, because that's ultimately what this podcast is all about. So we decided that today, faith is exactly what we want to talk about. We wanted to talk about faith because faith is such a key part of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. We can have faith in so many different things, faith that the sun will rise. I mean, I remember teaching this to my kids when I was introducing the concept of faith that faith is knowing the the sun is going to come up tomorrow or planting a seed because we believe that a plant is going to come out. Like it's an act of belief of something in the future, but what we really want to hone in on is the faith in Jesus Christ. And that's ultimately what will bring about, you know, the refinement of ourselves and salvation. I love what you said, Michelle, because to me, you're describing trust and confidence, trust that the sun will come up confident that you need to put the seed in the ground, it will grow. And so having trust and confidence in Christ, that everything he says will come true. And I can't think about faith in Jesus Christ without thinking about faith in heavenly parents who also are there for us. We pray to God. We trust that our prayers are heard. We trust and have confidence that our prayers are answered, even if they're not to our liking. And so I love that we're talking about faith in all of them. And while we're talking about faith, let's just define it. Let's just share a little bit about how we would explain to others or like just the definition that we like when we talk about faith. Holly, what is faith to you? The Bible teaches us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, that faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. And Alma in the book of Mormon made a similar statement in Alma 32, 21, that if you have faith, you hope for things which are not seen which are true. And so faith is a principle of action and power and choice. Yeah. And that's what makes it faith, right? It's because we don't know, know that if if we had knowledge, then we wouldn't need to have faith that that belief or trust of something that we're looking forward to or trusting in, in the future. Anything you want to add about faith, Noreen? Uh, My definition is what I said before, which is having trust and confidence in someone or something. And so in this instance, it's trust in Christ. Sometimes I can have faith in people around me, my my children, my husband, even myself. But if in this context, and we're speaking of Jesus Christ, I think it's trusting him, having confidence in him, and also knowing that he is all in for it with me. I think that sometimes 
I feel like my faith in the past has been transactional, meaning if I do this out of faith, then I will get this. Or I should do this because I'm only going to, he's only going to love me if I'm this way. And I think true faith is trusting that my heavenly parents and my brother, Jesus Christ are all in for me, that they love me so much, even if I'm not what I think I should be. I guess faith is trusting that their love is unconditional. I love Noreen that you use the word confidence. I think faith really does create that confidence as well as a sense of hope of what, what is going to be. I don't know. I just really love that. I love that idea of faith being synonymous with confidence. I do too. And I, I think what you said, Noreen, about trusting in their love and their love for us. If, if I really do trust and believe and have faith that God loves me, then anything that happens I'll know is for my good. And it helps increase my faith because I know I'm first loved. Yeah. I like that a lot. So knowing how important it is to have faith, to grow our faith, to exercise our faith as we are, you know, going through our journey in this life, let's talk about how faith fits with the model. And it's kind of fun how when I first started thinking about it and we were having a, a conversation leading up to this podcast, we realized that faith can actually fit in any part of the model. So to kind of refresh your mind on what the model is, it's C-T-F-A-R, circumstance, what is, thought, the meaning we give to the circumstance, feeling, what we feel within us that motivates us to then act to have those actions. That's how we show up in the world. And then the results is what we get at the end of it. And so faith can actually fit in any of these areas of the model. So let's talk about how it all fits in the model. Noreen, tell me when you think about faith, where does that fall first? If I were to categorize faith before you enlightened me that it was part of all of the parts of the model, <laughs> I would have originally put it in the thought line because to me, the things that I'm thinking about, I have faith in this. I trust this. Those are the thoughts that I'm having about a certain circumstance. So I, I, that's where I would normally put it. But now that you're, you talked about all the different places, I can, I can see it. So I'm excited for a discussion. I agree. I think my first instinct would have been to put it in the thought line as well. Like it's a thought, it's a choice I'm making. It's something I'm choosing to believe, which creates different emotions and actions for me. But I, I think I would start in the, I think I would have put it in the T line as well. Yeah. I really do think that our thoughts become an expression of our faith and our willingness to believe in Jesus Christ. And, and sometimes that's not just like, it's not just a, a simple thought of like, I have faith that sometimes it's more like just the thought, like things are going to work out, or I trust that heavenly father is in control or even accessing certain thoughts that come in the form of scriptures. One of my favorite ones is in Philippians 4.13, where it just simply says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Like those become thoughts that we believe that we act on, that we live according to. 
and thus be able to, you know, have, have better results in our lives. I do want to say that those are amazing faith filled thoughts, but sometimes in my life, I haven't had thoughts that were that solid in confidence. And so, but I still had faith. So for instance, I want to believe Mm -hmm. in Jesus Christ because there was a time before that I didn't have this quote unquote knowledge uh, or belief that I have today or things that are said that this is really terrifying and I'm just going to hope Heavenly Father is in control. To me, those sound a little less solid than, oh, Heavenly Father's in control and I trust him. But that doesn't mean there's any less faith in those things because it takes faith to want to believe. And I was listening to a podcast this week about a woman who was talking about how she hadn't heard God for many, many years. And then she quoted um, one of the general authorities of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who talked about stagnant doubt. And we had a discussion with some people at church about whether doubt is bad or not. And we can came to the conclusion that doubt is only bad if it's stagnant doubt. So if you say, oh, well, no, that can't be true. And then you just leave it there. And then you become bitter and antagonistic versus journey doubt, where you're like, I don't know if that's true, but I'm going to do some research and I'm going to do a little soul searching to find out if that's true. Journey doubt can actually open your brain and your heart up to something even bigger and beyond what you even thought of your little mustard seed faith. It could actually help you see something a little bit bigger, a little bit more of a sproutling faith than than you can. And so I just want to put it out there that we're not saying that you have to have all these like very solid, solid thoughts to to equal that equals faith. Just wanting to be better and wanting to grow and wanting to know is just as much faith. And that's why I think I love the model because if you're putting something in a model, you're in journey, journey doubt. Cause you're, if you're wanting to be stagnant, you're not going to try to analyze it and look at it. But if you're, if you're struggling with something, put it in a model, put it in, into what we're talking about and look at your thoughts, because I really think that questioning is not bad. And if you're doing it to grow and to be enlightened, it's not bad. If you're doing it to have an excuse to not follow Jesus or go to church, well, we can talk about that later. (laughs) But I, I just, I love, I love thinking about faith and the model, because to me, it means that we're trying, even if our faith isn't huge, we're at least trying. Yeah. I love that. Faith is faith regardless, even if it's just that glimmer, that, that desire, like you said. Noreen, I love that. And I, I think we do all go through times in our life where maybe our doubt feels stronger than our faith or our faith doesn't feel as strong as we want it to. And I was listening to the come follow him podcast with Hank Smith and John, by the way, and I can't remember the guest who was on, but I wrote it down exactly what he said, because I thought it was so good. He said, let your faith form your questions, not your questions form your faith. The reason I loved it so much is because it gave me permission to have the questions and have the faith. They can coexist at the same time. I like that, Holly, because sometimes I think it does take some faith to have questions and and feel okay about having those questions. 
So for instance, what, what I mean by that is it says, let your faith form your question, meaning don't be afraid to have questions. And when you have faith that God's not going to get mad at you or uh, punish you for having questions, it allows you to, like I was talking about before, allows you to be able to try to have that expansive testimony or an expansive mindset. And so, but then it's saying, but don't make the questions be the thing that you're only like, you're just looking for ways to like prove that the gospel's not true, prove that Christ doesn't, he didn't know what he was talking about. So I, I think that's very powerful. And of course I'm a huge fan of play on words, but letting your faith form your questions being like wherever you are, have those questions and then go ask for it. That's exactly what I was talking about. The journey doubt, stagnant yeah. doubt is if you're just letting your questions your faith. So it's kind of like your intention yeah. behind what you're doing. If, you're, yeah. if your intention is to help increase your faith and find answers, that's very different than to prove something wrong or. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's why I love that. That's great. Thank you. I like that a lot. We're going to talk a little bit more about faith. When you have these thoughts, faith quickly goes into the feeling line. That's what I'm feeling when I think these thoughts, but before we move on and talk a little bit more about faith as a, as a feeling, do you have any other favorite thoughts that are expressions of faith that you wanted to share? It's a good question. One of my favorites, and I don't always pull this out fast <laughs> is everything's going to be okay. It's very hard when you're in the midst, in the middle of the storm to be like, okay, yeah, I can see how everything's going to be okay. But it's usually those times when I'm, when things are swirling around me and the winds are blowing that, that the thought everything's going to be okay can actually calm me and eliminate that fear. So that's one of my favorites. Mm, I love that, Noreen. Another one that I love is and we, we hit on it already, but I want to just say it again, is that like really believing that the Lord does love me and especially just being a parent and dealing with some hard things with my kids right now. I have four children. My oldest is on a mission and my um, youngest is 12. And so we're just kind of in the thick of raising teenagers. And sometimes it just, I, my worry and my fear feel like they are more than my faith. And kind of what brings me back to that is I, I can think the Lord loves me and because of his capacity to love and his ability to love perfectly, he loves my kids even more than I do. And so I can trust and have faith in him because I trust in that love, not only for me, but for my children. And it just kind of helps center me again with whatever happening again is for my good. It's going to be okay. And I, and I'm not going to stay there. I, I, you know, I kind of go back and forth, but as long as I'm, I try to redirect to that, it, it really, really has helped me have faith in this loving heavenly father who sent his son that atone for our sins and that we can be forgiven and, and that things really are going to be okay. Like Noreen said. Yeah. So the thought being we have a loving heavenly father. Yeah. I'll just think heavenly father, like when I'm dealing with my kids and it feels like I can't do this, this is too hard. It's like, I don't have to do this on my own. And just the thought he loves them even more than I do. 
And it just, it really just kind of calms me down and, and just helps me feel faith in his love and in his plan. Yeah. And in his ability to help them Mm -hmm. in ways that we can't, that I cannot. Yeah. I like that. I love both of those. Honestly, you guys, sometimes I think about it and I don't know how anyone gets through life without an element of faith. Like faith is what just, it grounds you and all things are kind of waning. And if you just had faith that everything's going to be okay, that we have a loving heavenly father, like it, it's like that last little anchor that helps you to, to hang in there without that, like you're just tossed to and fro and overcome. Like, I just feel so grateful for the gift of faith that we can exercise it because it really, it really does give us so much power in our lives. I I know, Michelle, it's so crazy. I I have this story. I used to work in corporate America. Uh, I was a vice president of marketing and I had this boss. He was the um, CFO and he was, it was a time for a review and he's funny. He was new to the company. I go in there for a review. He's like, ah, so you're a Christian. And I was like, oh no, where's this going to go? I said, yes, I am. And he goes, you know, I've been interviewing everybody around here and it's kind of interesting. He said to me, I think you're too smart to believe in God. And I looked at him back right in the eye and said, I think you're too smart not to. We started this banter where he would, he wasn't teasing me. Like, I don't feel like I was ever rejected or anything, but I was able to kind of testify to him what I believe. Fast forward a couple of years, his, his father died and he went through the ringer. Like I haven't actually seen someone just spiral so bad. He said something to me about believing and how can I believe when we have no proof? And I said to him, at the end of the day, though, even if all this is not right, I'm living a happier life. And then I started talking to him about Christ. Now, he never, I don't know. I I don't know where he is now. But I've been thinking about this as we've been talking about this. Honestly, all these thoughts, they could just be just thoughts. What if they're none of them are true? But the point is, is that those thoughts are serving me. They're allowing me to have confidence, trust. They're eliminating fear. They're giving me, well, I guess a good result. If you want to talk about the model, they're giving me the ultimate good result. And so I agree with you, Michelle. I don't know how people do it without any faith. And it just shows that faith really can move in any part of the model, because what you just shared there, we can bring faith now down into a result and and the results we're getting in our lives. Cause I would echo that a hundred times over. Like, that's what I think about when I think about why, why do I believe, why do I keep trying to grow my faith and keep trying to follow this man named Jesus that lived thousands of years ago that I never have met that I don't like literally know anything about like, why am I doing this? It's because of the result that I get when I exercise faith in him, I get better peace of mind. I have more purpose in my life. I have reason to hope beyond hope for certain things. And even if, even if for some ridiculously crazy reason, it was all just in my head, it's given me a better life than I could have ever had without believing those certain things. Speaking of which, part of that 
is the, the feelings that we get when we think these faithful thoughts. Right. Yeah. So and, faith can move right into the feeling line. Yeah. Let's go into the feeling line because earlier we were talking about it and Holly, tell me what you said. When you feel faith, it just feels like faith. <laughs> we, were we were trying to like, like I don't um, remember what I said. <laughs> remember we were like discussing it before and you're like, it's, I just feel faith. And I was like, what does that feel like to you? And it's kind of fun. Cause I know usually we just put one emotion in the feeling line, but when you described what faith feels like to you, you said trust, confidence, hope, love, love. Yeah. All those things. And I'm like, yes, way to beat the system. Let's put faith as a feeling because then we can <laughs> feel all those things. And not well, just and one think of, of think of how different, like when you, if you slow it down for a minute and you think of faith and maybe that is confidence or love or trust or hope or all those different words, but whatever, whatever faith feels like to you and you feel it in your body, Michelle, you use the word grounded. It, it feels like if I go into my body, I feel calm. I feel peace. I feel, and, and that hope it's light. It's, it just is a really good feeling in my body versus doubt, confusion, anger, even worry that feels very different in my body than faith. And so like you were saying, both of you, if, even if one day, you know, we die and we're like, Oh, actually we were a little wrong on some things and you're, you know, you don't exist beyond this. I feel better believing like my life is the results are better. My actions are better. It helps me know who I want to be, but the feeling we do things, everything we do is so we can feel a certain way. And the feeling I get when I choose faith and hope and love is so much better than when I'm choosing to feel doubt and worry and confusion. It just, it's like so evident in my body that it's a better feeling for me. I love that. Let's actually listeners, we're going to say those words again. And I want you to actually just like, when I say these words, see the, how you feel. So doubt, worry, fear, and then now I'm going to say these words that Holly used to describe faith, which was confidence, trust, hope, love. And I know it seems a little froofy, but I actually hope that you can actually feel in your body the difference between those emotions, because that's kind of what will drive us towards our actions. Another one, another good feeling of that when you say that I feel faith inspired, motivated with those feelings in your body. I just feel like you said, Holly, like actions that we take are going to be a lot different with stability, hope, love in our brains than this fear and kind of stress, you know? I think another one that I think of not to be like dwelling on the negative side of things, but the one that kept coming to mind that, that faith in Jesus Christ overcomes is despair. I think about this Easter morning, like to me, the loss of a loved one or death is like the ultimate test of our faith because none of us truly know. Right. And that despair that comes when you just don't know, like faith is the opposite of that. 
faith just sweeps away that despair. Like I love the scriptural references to overcoming death, like the whole idea of like death, where is thy sting grave? Where is thy victory? Like it just is gone because of him. And that faith that we have to believe that Christ truly did break the bands of death and make, make it so that we can overcome that the ultimate despair. Like I, it's one of the reasons why Easter is like my absolute favorite time of year because of that hope and that feeling that comes with it. And the beautiful thing is Michelle, as you were talking, I just thought we don't have to have a hundred percent perfect faith to have those feelings be, to have those feelings of despair or fear or doubt be lifted you know, even just a little bit is a relief. So like Maureen, you were talking about, you know, those doubts are there, but because we're human, they're always going to be there, but that doesn't mean we can't have that faith too. So even just the littlest amount of faith can help us feel so much better. Yeah. I kind of picture like a, a black room, like where there's no light and whether that little glimmer of light coming in is faith or the light of Jesus Christ in our lives, or that little bit of hope, like that little glimmer, no matter how small it is, the darkness is overcome, right? So whether it's a a spotlight in there, like a chandelier, or whether it's just like a little candle, like despair is, is no longer because you have that little glimmer of hope and that's what faith can be. So it can be just as powerful, whether it's something so small or, or grand. Definitely. I've been thinking this whole time you've been talking to Michelle and you know this, but most people don't that my mom passed away on Easter eight years ago. And all I do is cry on this podcast anyway. Um, and while it was so overwhelming, I didn't have that despair. And I don't know if it was a blessing that she died on Easter, where we had promised that we will see her again. But it was Easter and the symbol and his resurrection that had brought me such, such confidence and hope on a day that was awful. And you're with me. Thank you so much for sharing that, Noreen. I remember that day too as well. And I remember that exact feeling like it was such a blessing that it was Easter and being able to remember the meaning of that day and remember the promise of the resurrection and the fact that we would see her again one day and sharing that with my kids and just really wanting to connect that that idea for them and build that faith in them. And it was just, it was such a gift. It's something I definitely draw upon for strength to get through hard times like that. And it makes me think of one of my favorite stories in the New Testament, which is Christ raising Lazarus from the dead. This lesson came to me when another time of loss happened in my life. I have a best friend from high school. Her name is actually Michelle as well. And so we were like the two Michelles. And a little over a year ago, she lost her daughter, her oldest daughter. And I was there when that baby was born. 
and I was there to celebrate like all the beautiful things of her growing up and she lost her in a very tragic way. And when I heard about it, of course, my heart went out to her and I just like spent days thinking about that loss and days thinking about how I was mourning with her, like that whole idea of mourning with those that mourn. And I thought about the story of Lazarus and how I love the part and kids probably sometimes love it because it's like the shortest scripture ever, right? Jesus wept. But I thought about that fact that he wept and why did he weep? He knew he was going to go raise him from the dead in just a matter of minutes. Like, why did he weep? And I thought about his understanding of our limited understanding and that type of despair we would feel without what he was going to do through the resurrection and him just feeling that empathy for us. And knowing how important his role was of overcoming that, or that would be the reality. That despair would be the reality without what he would offer us. And so he wept. And I almost wonder if that moment was a moment that he looked back on when he was fulfilling his mission of suffering for our sins in Gethsemane and giving up the ghost on the cross so that he could overcome that. If that was a source of strength for him, remembering that despair and why it would make him weep in that moment. And I just am so grateful for Easter and what it means and the faith that we can have and the hope that we can have and the confidence that we can have and the love that we can feel because of what it means. What I love about this conversation in both what Noreen, what you shared and Michelle is listening to you bear testimony and the things you felt and have learned. Also, I feel right now, even my faith growing and me wanting to have more of a desire to have that hope in our savior. And so I, I just want to say thank you for sharing your testimonies with us. You're so welcome. And I think as we are, you know, bouncing around between the model and where faith fits into it, like the one area we haven't covered here is actions, but that's the perfect place for faith to, to land. Because as we learn about in the second chapter of James, faith without works is dead. Like faith coupled with action is where we truly show up as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I actually want to just read this whole section in James chapter two, it's verses 14 through 17. And it says, what doth it profit my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or a sister be naked and destitute of daily food, if one say unto them, depart in peace, and ye be warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. And so faith, just I heard Holly say it earlier in the podcast, faith is a principle of action. And so when we show up and we do things, that's evidence of faith. And when we talk about faith being in the action line, 
obviously we're not just going to write, you know, as we're modeling it out, C-T-F-A-R-A, we have faith. I wanted to just share how it might look like faith in the action, like, like how it might show up. So it might look like moving forward with a decision that you have made. It might be showing up to continue to love someone who's disappointed you. It might be trusting enough to step into an unknown. Those are all faith being manifested as we show up in those different ways. And just like any other action line, there's the things that we do and then there's things that we don't do. So faith right. showing up in the action line can also be not second guessing everything that you, your decisions, like you said, not spinning in worry and despair, not doubting yourself and automatically going straight to like worst case scenario. So action, faithful actions can also be what you don't do. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It could also look like just simple things like going to church each Sunday, you know, reading our scriptures, saying our prayers, those things that just, we continually do each day are acts of faith. And how much faith does it take to be a mother? You guys to say, (laughs) I'm going to do all of these things and keep showing up and keep loving my children. Like all those actions are us showing up in faith. One thing I do want to add, um, because it's had such an impact on me is the idea of having enough faith not to be healed in the talk, accepting the Lord's will and timing by elder David, a Bednar. He talked about a young couple who were married and just three weeks after their wedding, he was diagnosed with bone cancer and they both just knew he was going to be healed. They had the faith that that he was going to be healed. Elder Bednar came to visit him in the hospital and he asked him for a blessing. And elder Bednar said, I then posed questions I had not planned to ask and had never previously considered. The young man's name was John that had cancer. And elder Bednar said, John, do you have the faith not to be healed? If it is the will of our heavenly father that you are transferred by death in your youth to the spirit world to continue your ministry, do you have the faith to submit to his will and not be healed? The story goes on that the cancer did go into remission for a couple of years and it came back and John wrote a letter to elder Bednar and he reads it in this talk. And it says that when he came back, he was very obviously distraught. And he said, he began to pray for clarity as to why this was happening. And one day he was reading in the new Testament. He read of Christ and his apostles on the sea. When the tempest rose, fearing the boat would capsize, the disciples went to the savior and asked master, carest thou not that we perish? This is exactly how I felt. Carest not that I have cancer, carest not that we want to start a family. But as I read on in the story, I found my answer. The Lord looked at them and said, O ye of little faith. And he stretched forth his hand and calmed the waters. In that moment, I had to ask myself, do I really believe this? Do I really believe he calmed the waters that day? Or is it just a nice story to read about? The answer is I do believe. And because I know he calmed the waters, I instantly knew he could heal me. Up to this point, I had a hard time reconciling the need for my faith in Christ with the inevitability of his will. I saw them as two separate things. And sometimes I felt the one contradicted the other. Why should I have faith if his will ultimately is what will prevail? After this experience, I knew that having faith was not necessarily knowing that he would heal me, 
but that he could heal me. I had to believe that he could, and then whether it happened was up to him. As I allowed those two ideas to coexist in my life, focused faith in Jesus Christ and complete submission to his will, I found greater comfort and peace. And I know that was a lot to read on a podcast, but I just love the idea that faith is more than just knowing that he will, but it's just that he can. And sometimes it's not what he has planned for us, but that we can still have faith in him and not just in the outcome. Yeah. Like faith that he can. And if he doesn't, it's going to be for my benefit or the benefit of, you know, people around me and things like that. That's, that's powerful. Yeah. And to be able to be at peace with that. Thanks so much for sharing that Holly. We will definitely link that in the show notes so that you guys can see that full talk. That's such a powerful concept. And I, I really do think that when you have the faith to be okay with your current circumstances, not wanting to change the will of God, like that's where the ultimate peace can come. And some, sometimes that just means just having faith in what is, um, that it will all be okay. So the only thing we have left is to talk about how faith fits as a circumstance. When we talk about faith as a circumstance, we can put it in the model in the sense of just simply that, like faith. What do you think about it? What are your thoughts when you think of having faith in Jesus Christ? Or what are your thoughts when you see the circumstance of where your faith currently is? And then we get to decide how the rest of the model is going to play out. I think it takes faith to even put something in a model and something in the circumstance. Because what what you're saying to yourself when you do run a model and you do put something in the circumstance and you're really trying to make it uh, unbiased and something up on the top, you're telling yourself that you're trying to find out more about you and you're actually trying to better build a better relationship with yourself. So it's showing faith in you that you're taking the time to do some self-reflection. And then if you are with Christ and have faith in him, then you'll have faith that as you're doing some of this self-assessment, that he'll lead you to where you need to go. He'll calm you because you're not, you know, we always talk about this. The things that we teach you are things of awareness and how you don't want to shame yourself into changing. But that awareness takes faith, faith in yourself, faith in him that whatever you find out, whatever you become aware of, he can make it better and you can try harder to make it what you want to be. So I think conceptually, it takes a lot of faith to put things in circumstances and to start a model. That's what I think. I like that, Noreen. I also think like, it's kind of fun to put faith in the model um, because there was a little bit of time where I had this belief that I just didn't have that much faith. I just didn't have faith. I, and I found lots of evidence all over the place because I would think, Oh, if I just had more faith and Oh, I need more faith. And I'll see, there's my lack of faith. And then just learning this model. And, and like you said, being able to put faith in the sea line, like my faith, and then realizing like, 
I found the thought, well, maybe my faith isn't as strong in that area, but I do have faith. And so I started rather than telling myself, oh, I need more faith. It's like, I do have some faith. And just that created a feeling of more faith and hope and trust. And so I, I think it's fun to put the faith in different parts of the model. And like you said, Noreen, it helps you get to know yourself better and, and where your faith is and what you do with what you find out. Thanks so much for sharing those thoughts, both of you. I think we've had just such a great discussion about faith and how it fits in any part of the model and just how important it is in our life and what a key component it is to becoming better disciples of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for letting us share these thoughts with you on this beautiful Easter morning, um, a morning where we truly show the greatest exercising of faith in what Jesus Christ has overcome and done for us. So thank you so much for being here. If you have any questions, you can email us at in every thought podcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at in every thought podcasts. We would absolutely love it. If you would leave a review or share the podcast with a friend, we hope that these things have been meaningful to you enough that you want to share it with others. Thanks for being here. We'll talk to Happy you later. Easter. Happy Easter. Bye. <laughs> yeah.